your voice was way off. I mean, it was like a really bad Dateline thing where it's just, <laughs> they, you know, you can like shade me out and then, you know, they go, oh yeah, I went over to my neighbor's house and and I saw the body and, but you know, instead it's like Ganondorf when it's just like, Link, <laughs> come at me, man. Love a good Ganondorf reference. Right. Yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be sharing this video with the police when they decide that you're a serial killer. And they're like, yeah. Um... When, when they decide. <laughs> yes. When. Who are they going to believe you, the former cop? Or me, the guy who got arrested with a handlebar. Probably me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one's probably not a hard choice, huh? My mom sent me an article the other day that was uh it was the Babylon B, I think it was, and it said, um, Dad's bedtime story sounds suspiciously like the plot to Ocarina of Time. <laughs> <laughs> and his characters were like Bink and Bannendorf. <laughs> Lovely. So he didn't put any effort in there. <laughs> that, was, that was the joke. That was good. That was kind of funny. That's how The Hobbit started. It was J.R.R. Yeah. Tolkien telling that bedtime story to his kids, and they wanted more and more, so he developed the story. So he just kept he, doing it. Yeah. And he, I mean, and it eventually became his thing. Yeah. You know, see if it goes somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tried. The worst part about it was I, I really wanted to talk about it to my wife and just say, hey, honey. Check out this funny. No, she doesn't like video games. She wouldn't understand. And if I explained it to her, it would be like even worse. It would be not only do I not get the joke, but oh, it's about video games. You're a nerd. And she would hate me for wasting her time on a video game reference even. Yeah, the the only video game my wife is interested in at all would be um, Sonic. She's got a nostalgia for Sonic, but that's really the only video game my wife has any interest in. No, at least there's something. Yeah, yeah, I give it something. Hey everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just gonna just gonna jump into it again. Um this is Doug. This is still Tom. Still Tom. Okay, perfect. A leaner, cleaner Tom. Oh, how leaner are you? Um, I don't know, but but after the colon cleanse um, poquito. Colon all that after your cardio. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a little cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> it was about seven pounds cleaner as of this morning. So uh yeah, I don't know. We'll see where we're at now. So to clue everyone in on poetic justice, Tom was giving me shit about literal shit with a proctologist and cardio and, you know, having it be a romantic fling. And then he had to have his own um, very middle-aged manly appointment and uh, up yours. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Um, Actually, it was exactly as easy as everyone told me it would be. Oh, it was uh, easy. I knew you were, I knew you were easy. Well, I mean, you know, you spend yeah. eight years in the army, you put a semi truck up there. That's kind of the joke we tell. <laughs> it was pretty slick. Everything went nice and smooth. Mm. Ooh. Log in to see more. Um, <laughs> no, let's not share those. Images. So, I, <laughs> all right, Tom, I have an important question for you because I am a follower and not a leader, apparently. Okay. This hat. All right. Yeah, see, I don't yeah, like it. My... Well, you're just not wearing it right. Pull the front end lower. The front end on that side. Well, but see, that's the lower. problem is that my head has gotten so big that I have to undo the button and then it like. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, now I look like a, a train conductor who's also your proctologist. No, um, no, you look like someone who's faking being a sailor. That's what you look like. <laughs> I would be really good at faking being a sailor, though. <laughs> I could just say a thwartship, and you'll be like, "That's not a real word." And I'll be like, "Yes, a thwartship." I know that a thwartship. Yeah, exactly. A thwart. Or there's, or there's this one. Yeah, that's the better one. Yeah, this is the better one. Yeah, this is like I, I'm, I'm part of the Duck Dynasty fan club, but still suburban. I don't know how suburban so, it is. Like but... I tried. I <laughs> yeah, go like this and like, dude. Yeah. 
Uh, that would be fun. These are like the only two hats I have that are not baseball hats. So we'll give it a whirl. You, I'd send you an avid hat. Oh, yeah. I did want to have those at one point, but I haven't gotten around to that yet. That's a whole other story. I decided to rock the Dolphins hat tonight since I have my surprise fantasy football draft. I'm going to go ahead and wrap the things. Yeah, because it's the only time they're going to have a losing record this year. Oh, I think they're going to be uh, quite the team this year. I'm I hope so. I hope so. You need a little joy in your life. I do. You know, other than your your wife and children and general well-being. <laughs> other than that, other every, than you that. know, you need. <laughs> well, well, and I'm no longer hemorrhaging inside either. Like they, they fixed that today. So I'm literally so not hemorrhaging anymore. So that's good. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Turns out I've been doing that since like at least April. Really? Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. That's some of, my, some of my bloody problems started and they were like, oh yeah, look, you got these blood vessels in here that are just like bleeding in your colon. What movie is it where it's like a high school football practice and he's like, which leads me to my next point. Don't smoke crack. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Waterboy or some one of those stupid movies like that. I, I can't no remember. All right. So before we get into it, I do have one more. I have a little side parenting story to to mention. It's It's super short, but it was just one of those. It's kind of in line with one of the articles you said where kids just say what they're thinking and it kind of embarrasses you. Luckily for me, this happened in my own household, just in front of me and my wife. Um, I had a meeting that was, you know, a little bit more formal than than my usual, like, regular work stuff. I came downstairs the other day with just, I mean, it wasn't anything special. I was wearing a button-down shirt, you know, like, kind of just with a pattern and slacks, not even, nothing, like, no suit, no tie, anything like that. Just something nicer-ish with my dress shoes on. And my five-year-old goes, Daddy, why are you dressed weird? (laughs) I'm like, well, I guess I don't dress nicely, like, at all. I mean, there are worse things. I mean, like, the article that I brought today was a girl (laughs) shaming her dad in the grocery store. Right, that's what I was saying. It's kind of a reference to that. reminded me of it. Just like, oh, yeah, yeah, thanks, sweetie. Um, You know, a lot of people think this looks nice. And then I realized maybe I'm just digging myself a deeper hole because then her next question is going to be like, why don't you look nice? Mm, Children and their judgments. I know. We started school today. Yeah. It was the first day of school. No problems as far as we could tell. Nice. Yeah, which we was weird. Next week. Kindergarten? Kindergarten. Nice. That's a good Not red shirting. Not red Not red shirting. Uh, my son that we red shirted is reading full books and he right. starts kindergarten next week. Well, so, my uh, daughter can read full pictures. So <laughs> what up? I, I was happy to talk to his teacher at the orientation this past <laughs> week and just be like, yeah, um, I'd like you to focus on his social skills because he's lacking there. Turns out he's actually socially very good. It's just his emotional skills he's lacking. But right, I'm right. Like, so focus so, on the social and civic stuff, please. And she was like, "Well, you know, we're we're doing a new focus. We are working on that, but we're also focusing on literacy." I was like, "Great, he can read already. Like, just focus on the other stuff. Like, do what you got to do. Right. But when you have extra time, please teach him to do the right thing and keep hands to himself." She's like, "Well, everyone thinks their kid can read." And I was like, "No, no, no. I didn't think my daughter could read when she came to kindergarten, but my son can read." <laughs> I was gonna say, do you understand? I'm a dad. It is my job to shit on my kids. Yeah. I sat down with the, the the welcome packet today in front of other parents, and he read it to me. And they were like, "Wow, is your son repeating kindergarten?" I was like, "No, no, nope. she's good with words." Yeah. That's my humble. Brand maybe my maybe brand. she should work on her social skills if she uh, can't not, see past right? emotions. I hope not, because he's got all the big emotions. So she's uh, yeah. I hope she's buckled in. Kindergarten is going to be good for him. I think he's going to grow quite a bit this first year. Yeah. No, it was it was fun though. I mean, so she gets in the car and we're like, "Hey, sweetie. Hi, mommy. Hi, daddy. Oh, good. How was school? Good. Great. Did you have fun? Yeah. What'd you do today? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> did you well what happened when you walked into your room like the first thing that happened uh i don't know did you say hi to your teacher yeah did you have to put your book bag away yeah what about your coat did you take off your coat yeah i took off my coat where'd you put it on the hook where was the hook uh up there up in your in your cubby yeah in my cubby <laughs> and then right before bed tonight she goes oh daddy at school today we sang the song that goes if you're happy and you know it clap your hands and I was like, oh, that's like a specific thing you did today. <laughs> Glad to hear right before you go unconscious. Glad you got one detail. Now my my favorite thing no. is asking them, you know, who did you who did you sit with today? Like, you know, trying to get them to give mm -hmm. me a name. And that right. sometimes I can get an actual name that way. Oh. But anything else I ask them, it's I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know. Like, even what did you eat for lunch? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Did you eat lunch? Yeah. What did you eat? I don't know. Just regular food. What did you eat for lunch? <laughs> uh, just just regular food. Name something that you ate on your plate for lunch. Like you have to pry every little bit of information mm -hmm. out of them. It's yeah. All welcome, I hear welcome is welcome to that life. Regular food as opposed to leaves. <laughs> <laughs> like what'd you do during recess? Did you like trim a hedge with your mouth? Like what'd you do? Yeah, we dragged a mm -hmm. body out to the woods mm -hmm. and learned how to hide it from the police. Always bury it vertically and put endangered flowers on top of it. So digging it up is a crime. <laughs> It's a good idea. I like that. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry. Let's see. What do, what do I do? I plead the fifth now. What is it? What's the next step? <laughs> the serial killer call is <laughs> going to happen. I just wanted to say that you guys have been a real inspiration to me in driving me to do this. Click. Well, that was weird. Moving on. And then we're discussing our own article about ourselves two weeks later. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Two Dads Talking. Please sign, yes. please sign your affidavits. Okay, so that's that's we didn't say that yet, Tom. You wanna you wanna ex explain to everybody that that wow how wishy washy we are? Oh, we are awfully wishy washy. So uh, the podcast mm. started as Go Dad Go um, with a, a very basic idea. It was actually Doug's idea, and it was a it was a very that's clean, why we're changing it. <laughs> it was a very clean and very efficient name and slogan, and it would have worked great on bumper stickers, and it still will. Um, so if you've already bought those bumper stickers or T-shirts, by all means, keep it on. Um, and if you haven't, go buy some. But uh, we're thinking it's basically going to be more of our, our motto now um, as we cheer other dads on and remind ourselves to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And we've decided a more appropriate name for the cast, you know, five episodes in is actually two dads talking. A lot of the stuff we talk about is not actually parenting related. A lot of it is, is literally just two guys who happen to be dads talking about whatever, especially all these soft, sappy, sissy subject articles that Doug keeps bringing to the table instead of the dark, depressing, soul-crushing ones that I bring like a real dad. Yeah, we just figured Two Dads Talking was a more apt description of what we're doing. And so that's the cast, we think, unless we change it around episode seven or eight. But we'll let you know if we do. We also have two cups, just so we're 100% clear. It is not Two Dads, One Cup. <laughs> yeah, that would you... be a whole different kind of cast. See, see why we changed my ideas, everybody? It's not that they're bad. It's just that they're not good. That's all. You know, if it's what you're into. the That's what Daniel Tosh did. Remember, he said you weren't allowed. He wasn't allowed to. I think it was Germany. When he was broadcasting, when the two girls, one cup came out. He um, It was Germany or something like that. One of the, the countries he his show was broadcasted in, it was illegal to show that video. So he instead filmed the audience reaction to two girls, one cup. Wow. <laughs> it showed the studio audience and they're all like, <laughs> That's actually Dying. more what I would want to see. I know. I, will, I, I know. Never it was, watch that actual video. It was really watch funny. People's reactions. You could pick out all the different personalities, <laughs> <laughs> base personalities, just by the reaction to that video. 
whole oh. gambit. It was good. Yes. All right. Well, it's not two dads, one cup. It is, uh, you know, two dads. Two dads talking, talking with two cups. With two cups. Mine today is full of um, Gatorade protein drink. Because I nope. got some extra clear liquids and I wanted to fill them up. <laughs> you got to <laughs> fill her up, recharge the electrolytes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm still working on the Basil Haydens. I do love that Basil Hayden. All right. I'll start off with the, the quick one, I guess. Foxnews.com. Uh, date, because it's so important. August 22nd, 2023. Rare spotless giraffe born at Tennessee Zoo, believed to be the only one in the world. Also, they're letting people join in a contest and name it. But that's that's the article. Um, a zoo in Tennessee had a giraffe that was born on July 31st, or at least that's when they announced it. And it's a reticulated giraffe with absolutely zero spots. And the reason this is noteworthy is because the last time they believe this happened is in 1972 at the uh, zoo in Tokyo. And the, the the that's based on images that they had to look through to figure this out because the zoo guys were saying they called everybody they knew, including all the old timers, and said, hey, have you ever seen this? And everyone was like, nope, haven't seen it. Um, then the article goes, Tom's route and turns dark and talks about how they're all extinct. And as of 2018, they're endangered and... It's good that it was born in captivity because otherwise a lion would have shredded it alive because the spots help it hide and, you know, all those bright, happy things. But yeah, if you want to submit a name, actually, by the time this probably gets out there, it might be done. I don't know. I think they said they were doing it until Labor Day to get through it, but they're being it's really boring. September 4th, it says, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're being really boring with their names. Like the names that should win are things like Spot or Brownie or... Carlos danger to, to keep the endangered theme. I don't know, but they're being like, Oh, Kapiki means unique and Firiali means unusual or extraordinary. Yeah, it'll be some uh, cultural name. It won't be, be. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. I mean, that's what like, Cerberus is, you know, Cerberus is, is a, a Greek name for spot. So, you know, they'll find I don't know. I'd, I'd be like, what's a Swahili word for boring. Like what's the name of that? <laughs> my there. dog is pleading for my attention as we talk about the giraffe. Well, bring him up here. Yeah. Is your dog named Spot? No, he's not. His name is Remy Etienne LeBeau. You're such a nerd. <laughs> I named him after Gambit. That's not it. That's not even Spider-Man. <laughs> no, it's Gambit. <laughs> it's my favorite X-Man. Actually, Gambit was my favorite too for a long time. Yeah. Just because I thought that was neat. I mean, I I wanted. I, I also wanted to do Nightcrawler. Was probably my like all-time longest favorite though. Because how cool is that? You don't even need to fly. You can just teleport throughout the sky. Like, it'll look awkward as shit, but you'll be like, good, good, good. And you can just go places. Yep. Awesome. I tell people that we have that conversation all the time. I had it like last week. Would you rather fly or be invisible? Or what would your superpower be? Like, oh, teleportation. Like, 100%. If I can't have a super healing factor, that is the only thing I'd want more is a super healing factor because I'm living in chronic pain and I'd love to not be. Other than that, teleportation is by far the best. You just teleport yeah. up in the sky and free fall. Before you hit the ground, you teleport back up and you get the free fall again. Like, that would be the best part of flying, you know? Yeah, unless you're drunk and you miss. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't drink all that much. <laughs> well, it's like putting it in reverse when you meant to put it in drive. Like, you end up in a <laughs> volcano somewhere. That'd be awkward. That's what I want that yeah. link factor, I guess. Yeah. Do you have any comments about the endangered reticulated, except not reticulated giraffe? I only had two comments. In, in some pictures of this thing, it looks a lot like a horse. I mean, it's amazing how weird it looks without the spots. 
but it's not a Chinese zoo. Well, that was my second comment was, are we sure it's not just two people in a suit? Like, are we sure about that? Are we sure that it's not people in there trying to draw attention? Sun bear photo bomb in the, in the left corner. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, it, it's a cool story. Um, but th- I thought the interesting part was, you know, like they said, if this thing was born, you know, in the wild, it would be shredded by lions rather quickly. Its camouflage is gone. The evolutionary trait that has kept them alive in the African prairie and savanna uh doesn't exist for it and this thing would be it would be an appetizer you know it wouldn't it wouldn't even be a main course because it's a baby but yeah good thing it was oh, that was would, cold well i mean it would be it'd be room temp right it'd be about 98 point some odd degrees probably a warmer drink give or take sour cream <laughs> i guess since you did your uh your giraffe one first i will go and do my animal and i don't know i've always I've always led with the like super in depth and serious one, thinking I'll lighten it up at the end. I'm like, no, I'm just gonna change it up. Well, this is perfect. this is my life now. Variety in That's my good. life is switching the articles. Hey, at least you have some variety. That's good. It's if true. you have no variety, you seek it in unhealthy places. So you know, no, I'm not you spicy. I think you're spicy. Uh, so mine was from epnews.com. And this is one that's actually close to heart because it resonates on a personal level with one of my experiences in the Army. Delayed passengers growl after a bear escapes from crate in cargo hold of an Iraqi plane in Dubai. And aside from being a awfully, terribly long headline, um, yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. Passengers were on a plane in Dubai, and uh, they were waiting to take off, and there was a bear in a crate in the plane that got out of its crate and they halted the plane and had to get everybody off and had to rally up this bear and, and corral it and sedate it and capture it again. Um, and it turns out it's a huge problem in Dubai because the wealthy people there like to own exotic animals and sometimes eat exotic animals. So the police are trying really hard to get people to stop, you know, importing these wild animals and serving them as gourmet meals to their wealthy friends. But it's just, uh, can you imagine being trapped on a plane and there's a bear like crawling his way around under your feet and tearing his way up? I mean, the commercials have bears ripping car doors off, eating your food. What happens when you're trapped in a plane with it? So flights, flights in general are bad because, you know, the ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. And usually you hear the seatbelt, have a nice flight. Boop. And that's usually what you hear. But imagine if you're sitting there in the plane and you hear, boop. Hey, everyone, this is your captain speaking. Cocaine bear escaped. <laughs> everyone off the plane. Thank you. Like, yeah, that would be worse. <laughs> you know, everyone would look at each other like, did you? Did you? Did you hear that? Did, that, did you just say cocaine bear? Yeah, maybe we should get off. <laughs> but you can't. The that... doors are locked and you're sealed in. <laughs> right. And then there's the one guy sitting there like, I paid for my damn ticket. I'm not leaving this plane. <laughs> I know when it's, when it's not safe and when I have to leave a plane. Right. I've been flying for 25 years. So I know pardon, when it's time to get off the plane. Pardon my crassness, but you know it's some guy sitting there going, yeah, all you pussies get off the plane. I'm staying right here. <laughs> it's like, where are you from? Why are you even here? It's just Dubai. The next guy to be the bear's breakfast. That'll work. He doesn't play a meal. <laughs> Like shit, my dinner escaped. Um, yeah, that's all I could think of was it was just cocaine bear. This is a much better animal article than mine, though. Not that we planned up articles, but I, I really liked how it said they they don't like the wild animals roving because like if if they escape, the the wealthy have them as pets, and if they escape, they <laughs> there's probably someone like a scout from the restaurant being like, boss, 
I found one. It's a bear. Oh, get him. Update the specials. Update quick. the specials. <laughs> what's your what's your market rate market dish today? <laughs> uh, this good. this reminded me of um before we went to Iraq, we went to uh Fort Polk, Louisiana for a month. And it was just a month of training exercises out in the middle of the woods. Joint training exercises, I think is what it was called. And uh, there was a gentleman who was <clears throat> licensed to keep exotic animals who lived just off base. And one of those animals was a uh, a Bengal tiger. And it got loose like the day we arrived and found its way into the woods on base. So we spent a month training <laughs> for this this deployment with um, you know a bunch of different there, – there were like three different divisions down there all training together. It was joint training exercise. And we're all driving around with blanks, you know, firing off blanks, trying to do this, trying to get our stuff done and, and tighten up and be ready for combat. And every night we had to have a tiger watch posted. And the tiger watch is literally a guy sitting in a shed with blanks in his rifle and a radio looking for a tiger. <laughs> Hitting his pants too. Probably. <laughs> because, oh, what's a tiger? It's it's one of the greatest predators in the world. It will move oh. like 35 feet in the jungle without making a sound and then leap 10 feet to eat your face. Yeah. Yeah. Just right. look for just look for that. Yeah. You notice it's always the gigantic, extraordinarily dangerous animals that escape. I mean, like admittedly, it's not good news when it's like, rare albino muskrat escapes cargo hold in plane you never hear that but you always hear like polar bear that killed two men for its capture just just escaped private collection of black widows accidentally escapes on airplane it's always the dangerous one. Oh, always we're moving quick we're not even that interesting tonight no we're kind of dull tonight it's what happens when i wear a hat <laughs> is that just... what happened the all the signals that do get in just get trapped. They just don't come out anymore. On the bright side, my fantasy draft is over, so uh, you know I can focus a little bit more on us. Who'd you get? Um, well, I missed two rounds talking to you. They wound up on auto pick later in the draft. Okay, which I means those will probably be your best players. <laughs> no, I'm not happy about who who that who that's going to be. My team is looking all right. Um, See, I told you it would work out. We've got your boy Deshaun Watson, the quarterback, as my starter. So, okay, that whoa, there's a topic. Although I think that might require too much research. I'm too lazy. I don't want to get too far into that. Well, I've got Tua on the bench. And honestly, Tua is probably going to be my starter as long as he's healthy. But I'm just worried about him being mm. healthy because he's never good for more than 11 games. Well, and you've got, I mean, it is the Browns. I'm a Browns fan. So, you know, what you, you have, a, <laughs> at least generally, you have a team that's behind a lot. So there's lots of throwing and lots of needing late touchdowns. So from a quarterbacking yeah, you know, fantasy perspective, that's not bad. Well, and I've and, also got Amari Cooper, you know. so I've got the stack going with him. So, oh, nice. I mean, but if you're winning too, I mean, uh, Stefanski has actually shown when the Browns are winning, he he will do a good run pass mix, and he'll use a lot of play action. So he he does end up like chunk yardage on the ground, but then a lot of times quarterback comes in and finishes off the drive with a touchdown. I mean, even with Baker Mayfield, he's able to do a lot of that. So it's not the worst fantasy beast. pick. Like how, you have to run the ball with Nick. That Chubb, dude's right? just, I mean, you can't not. No, you're, it's a you're, yeah, it, it's really amazing. So, Somewhere John Dorsey is like, I, I built all these teams. <laughs> <laughs> got no credit. I mean, the yeah, guy so could looking... could scout talent, but it sounds like he he to, to theme up with our last episode. He was he liked to measure his dick too much. Yes, that's a problem. You know, when you're the owner, you're like, mm, John Dorsey or Andy Reid. Sorry, sorry, John. Like I know you're the GM, but yeah. <laughs> see you later. 
thanks for picking like our literal all-star cast. Your Bye-bye. job, is, your job owning a sports franchise is a lot how I feel the president's job should be run. You should surround yourself with experts, mm-hmm. and then you should listen to them. And that's my grievance with our presidents generally, and it's oh, yeah. with bad management generally is that they don't listen to the people that are experts for whatever but reason. But it's ego, though. Yeah, I agree. It's ego. Like, if, if you make a hundred kajillion dollars, I mean, you know, what did Jerry Jones even do? Was he in oil or something? I don't even I know. I just know him as the owner of the Cowboys, America's favorite team. Um, it, or if you're, you know, like like Jimmy Haslam with the Browns and you made your millions by <laughs> frauding truckers on their rebates. Yeah. <laughs> But these guys, they they sit there and they make a hundred kajillion dollars in something, and they think, "Well, this is just football. This is just like regular business management. This is easy." Like, well, no, it's not. It's a completely different, yeah. you know, line of work. It's it's like the difference between managing something like Apple and then managing something like Ford. Like you have two entirely different products. You need different people. Yeah, no, I agree. And they just they just don't listen, so, and that's the thing. Yeah, you know, the Dolphins have been horribly managed so. forever. Yeah, so I'm, I've got yeah. some Cleveland Browns love in my roster. We got Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. Yeah, um, that would that would be a whole conversation though. It would. I've got Tyreek Hill, T. Higgins filling out my my starting wide receivers. Yeah, that is pretty solid. Saquon Barkley and Tony Pollard. Um, Hawkinson at tight end. The Dallas defense, which I'm kind of sad about. Um, instead of picking a defense when I wanted to, the computer auto drafted Isaac Pacheco. I don't know why I did that. Hey, favorite didn't, team. Didn't need him. But then on the bench, I've got Tua, I've got Mostert. So I've, I've got the, the Dolphins stack. When I play Tua, he's stacked with Hill, too, and I can play Mostert if he's the starter. Um, Javante Williams will probably start a lot of games for me. Pacheco, TyJ Spears. I, I took Spears just because it's a keeper league, and I'm hoping to keep him with um, – I got him in the last round, so I'm hoping that he takes over for Derek Henry and be a last-round keeper for me next year. I got Brandon Ayuk, Sky Moore, the new guy for the Chargers, Quentin Johnson. Man, I'm so out of it right now. I recognize the first, you know, ten names, and then going further in your bench, I'm like, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> I haven't paid attention for three years or four years. Got some young guys on the back end of my bench, but that's how you're supposed to do it. You, you throw darts at the end, and you hope you get someone that breaks out because you know, right. the guys you're drafting in rounds eight through whatever probably aren't going to be starting most of the time. So probably. Well, I think it's dad joke time. Oh, dad joke time. I don't remember which one I told last week. I can look it up. I, I keep I, I keep the list. Well, last week you you impromptu did the uh acorn joke. Oh yes. Okay. Good. And then I, you did I didn't see? talk about buying chicks. I don't think so. Okay. I got that one from my daughter and that's gonna be my joke tonight. Okay. When is the best time to buy chicks? To buy checks? Chicks, baby birds. Chicks. I wonder how long I can I can dead air this to edit it out later so I can think about this one. As long as you need, they'll figure it out. We'll fix it in post. When you've hatched the idea at sunrise. No, we're not gonna go with that one. When your sun's set on it. No, no, definitely not. These are just puns, these are not real answers. Okay, why when? When they're cheap, cheap, cheap. Ah, oh, Jesus. And that connects to your story too, so I should have figured that out. Yes, you should have. Dang it. <laughs> Ah, it's terrible. That, that is the perfect good. result it to is, a good dad joke. That was because you're just like, God damn it, I should have gotten it. And then there's a little bit of cringe. And then there's the self shame where <laughs> yep. it's just, I'm not even upset with you for the bad joke. I'm upset with myself. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best part. I like it. 
what happens to nitrogen when the sun comes up? It rises. It becomes daytrogen. Uh, cute. Nah. cute. <laughs> Thank All you. Right. Get on to your second article. <laughs> that was not bad. That was pretty decent. So real change of pace. We're getting all super serial now at this one. This was almost, I almost saved this one as another potential topic sometime. Oh, also August 22nd. Man, pick the same day and everything. Fizz.org. That's fizz with a P-H. P-H-Y-S. But it's not like soda or anything. Researchers extract ancient DNA from a 2,900-year-old clay brick revealing a time capsule of plant life. Basically, there is an old clay brick from, they say, right around 879, 869, somewhere like that, BCE. Uh, It was found in the ancient city of Kalu, which was modern-day northern Iraq. Apparently, all of our stuff was like in Iraq today, too. (laughs) Um, But it was written, it's it's a brick written in Akkadian that says, it is the quote the property of the palace of Ashurnasirpal, king of Assyria. I'm sure I said that wrong, but because of that, they they're able to know right down to like a ten-ish year period when this brick was made because they know that's when the the palace of that king was constructed, and they use some of the same techniques that they use for like DNA samples through bones, you know, through other porous structures, and they were able to completely construct like get full DNA samples of like here it is thirty four distinct taxonomic groups of plants. So the point is that they basically took medical researchers and said, hey, why don't you try some of your fun stuff on this rock? And they were able to pull these specific plant profiles, which basically shows they can find out what flora and potentially fauna were in the region at that time. And it's just a good, it's kind of like, you know how they do the dating for various rock layers? I think it's basically like that. They can figure out what was specifically in a region. So I just thought it was pretty cool because if you really were able, like, okay, Reverse engineer this process. If you collect enough data, this is why I shared this article, because this is where my brain goes. If you collected enough data about, you know, from other fields of study, even geology, biology, all that stuff, and and said, okay, we know about all these different species and all these different time periods and all these different events in the world, then you could drill into the, the earth in certain areas, pull DNA from it, and you could know what time frame that dirt was from you could start figuring out you know where land and water levels were at certain periods of time you could further date like tectonic plate shifts it would just be it's like that last link to the puzzle where you could connect all these different data points that you could you could figure out if you if you found it you could find something that was unexpected and be like oh well looks like the king of assyria ate cocaine bear or cocaine bear because you know cocaine bears weren't in Assyria in 800 BCE, so apparently he carted them over here, kind of thing. <laughs> so I just thought that was cool. It was me nerding out. It reminded me a little bit of the story about the 46,000 year old worm that they dug out of the Siberian ice um, a month oh, or yeah. two ago, and it just they brought it back to life, and it just immediately started reproducing. I I love when we dig stuff up from the past and you know get to learn something out of it, but. That's for There's me, lots of movies telling us not to do that, though. <laughs> there, there are, there are. But for me, I see something like this, and it's, it's sort of like you. You want to gather this data and fill in the dots, connect the dots. You know, I, I was really interested in Atlantis for a long time, and all the different stories about Atlantis from all over the world, and 
you know, stuff like this, you start tracking down periods and timeframes and you start filling in dots and you start getting authenticity for some of these stories. And it just, it makes the story so much more interesting when you can kind of flesh them out and give them some realism. And studies and finds like this help to do that, which, which I like a lot. I've always been a fan of mythology. I've always been a fan of um, folklore, anything that gives them some meat. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with. Well, and what I liked about this too is, so just to use an example, so everyone Here's, here's one of my puzzle pieces for how Doug's brain works, you know, when he's not wearing a hat and blocking all the brain signals. The, the, the ancient, um, what would you call them? I mean, like stories, but why can't I think of this? You know, fables or um, legends, okay. myths, legends, yeah. for example, of Rome's founding are in the 700s BC, like 740 or 760 or whatever it is. You know, Romulus and Remus, you know, they were sucking on a wolf's titties and then they were jumping over the the fence and one of them decided to be a real prick and like kill the other one and then rome started and and this tablet is from a hundred years before that literally a hundred years before that so whatever legend that the the romans created for themselves this is legit exact scientific biological data from a hundred years before that supposedly happened which means it was probably multiple hundreds of years before other people were like creating their founding you know their founding lore there was lore that's what i was looking for we got there eventually i just thought i just thought that was pretty cool because you know you don't have i mean i'm sure there's more written history going way back it's just most of it's destroyed so to be able to to explicitly say hey we know what was literally in the area at this time, you can start connecting those dots and you don't need a scroll anymore to start figuring out who was where. If you start doing a database of that. Science is good. Yes. I had to do it because my daughter wants to be a scientist. We have a little, we had the first day of school today again, and we had this little first day of school and it has the name and your teacher's name and how old you are. And at the bottom, we asked her, said, sweetie, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I mean like knee jerk reaction. She goes, scientist. I'm like, oh, wait, really? And she goes, well, I guess I could be a doctor. And I'm like, well, okay, well you said scientist like right away. So yeah. and we do stuff. the same thing with those pictures. Um, and my daughter did, wants to be a veterinarian, like two years in a row. That changes all the time. But this is two years in a row. She wants to be a veterinarian. Nice. We'll see. She's She's got a real knack for art. Some of the things she puts together and creates with no training and no practice blow my mind. She has a gift for art. I'd be surprised if she doesn't find find her way into something along those lines. But she loves animals, so hey, why not? Maybe do do the blend, be an animal surgeon or something. Go with your hands. Maybe, maybe she, uh, maybe she stuffs dead animals and sculpts them into funny positions and makes a million dollars off of it. See, with my sick mind, I'm already thinking about what what should you call the website. <laughs> I'm not thinking how twisted it is. I'm thinking, how do you market this correctly? <laughs> eh, I'm not going to bend my mind on that one too much. I'm, I'm gonna I will. Think about that. I'm going to come in like 20 minutes from now and be like, oh, I know what it is. I know what we should do. <laughs> I've got your first advertisement. All right. My second article <laughs> yeah, has a little bit to do with parenting today. No, stop. Let me think. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have all night though. Okay. Go to your article. All right, let's do this article. This is on Upworthy.com. Sorry, um, editor. <laughs> <laughs> we're making them work today. We're making you work. This one's another stupid long title. Uh, this was a good article, by the yes. way. Sorry, I know I'm jumping in. I'm gonna I'm gonna go away here in a second, but this was actually a really sneaky good article. Yep, I agree. So, um, this yeah. was actually sent to me by my wife earlier in the week, and it definitely rang a bell. 
Uh, people are helping a dad explain his cheap grocery purchases to his 11-year-old daughter is the name. And the crux of the matter is there's a, a dad who takes his daughter shopping with him to do grocery shopping, and they're on a budget. And in order to make his budget stretch, he buys generic grocery store brand food items instead of the brand name items that cost a bit more. And his daughter asks him why. And, you know, he, he tries to explain to her that, you know, they've, they've got a budget of $100 and the brand items cost more and you can't get as much if you buy all the brand name things. His $100 goes much further if you're buying things at a better price. And they go to checkout and his daughter starts mocking him uh, and making fun of him in the checkout. Hey, dad, room. what's the best time to buy a chick? <laughs> when it's cheap, cheap, cheap. <laughs> so they're, they're there in line and uh, in the checkout, the cashier asks how they're doing. And the daughter says to her, it could be better. We can't eat brand name food because my dad is cheap. Cheap like a bird. And she starts flapping her arms and legs and cheap, cheap, cheaping and embarrassing her dad. So the article is essentially um, a lot of commenters on Reddit who kind of gave this guy advice as to how to break this down. And it's it's interesting to me because, I mean, you know, if, if, if you run your own business, you know it's hard. And if you tried to start your own business during the COVID pandemic, you know that nonsense is extra hard. You're probably used to operating on a budget if that's the case. And uh, as a parent, you know, the one thing you don't want to sacrifice is feeding your children. Like that's kind of rule number one is you feed your kids. But with inflation and the prices of everything going up with salaries not necessarily going up and money not necessarily going, you know, becoming more available to you. A lot of us had to shop on a budget for grocery shopping. We had to find new ways to save money and buying brand name things is, is a way to do that. So it's something that's easily relatable to me and a lot of people, but also the kid's inability to understand it seems very relatable to me. Where I was kind of shocked is how she was mocking her father, you know, doing the cheap, cheap, cheap thing in line. One of the commenters mentioned this is sort of a respect issue, and I, I agree. But I also think that... Um, Backhand your daughter in public. Maybe not go he that did, far. <laughs> he didn't say that, but it, it had a little bit of that undertone. Like, yeah, kinda, she's 11, kinda, dude. Yeah, <laughs> There's a point where you have to understand your kids just don't know things yet, and you have to find a way to explain things to them. And I thought there were some good ideas in here on kind of how to break down some very adult-themed ideas to kids, and there comes a point where you have to do that. I mean, my, my son yesterday told my wife that he wants to stay little forever, and she said, well, why? Why don't you want to grow up? He said, because if I grow up, you're going to get older, and then you're going to die. Well, all right, now we have to have this talk. Like, how do you have talks of very adult themes with kids who can't comprehend it yet? This um, this was a really good example. There were some good suggestions in here on how to explain to your kid that shopping on a budget doesn't mean you're cheap. As much as I hate most brand name, generic brand, or generic um, foodstuffs that I've tried, they generally don't aren't as good, I feel. Some of them are, but you know, generic bread, like stop and shop bread is not as good as, as, you know, the bread that I like. There are certain things that just don't work, but you know, you do what you got to do. Having to explain that to my child and having my child call me cheap, I don't know how I would react to that. But I do think it's important to find ways to teach your kids very important things for life. And this is a good teachable moment. You know, that's for me, that's what parenting is. It's, it's taking these moments and turning them into teachable ones for yourself and for your kids. And I like that this dad is, you know, seeking ways to teach his kids about, you know, it's important to watch what you spend and what you spend your money on and that brand names aren't everything. Your thoughts, Doug? Um, you should totally get the more affordable option because if you're listening to this podcast, you're already doing it. <laughs> yeah, we're um, not a brand name podcast. <laughs> right, right, we're not. Um, the, uh, 
bullying topic came to my head with this because I imagine it's not really, I mean, if it's considered bullying when an 11 year old is mocking like a full grown man, there's a lot more problems there. But, you know, I just imagine, you know, oh, cheap, 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 flapping around and everything. And then all these other adults, I'm I'm sure most of them were dads. Is it, the article mentions that a bunch of other adults came up and were trying to help on the spot and be like, you know, this is your, your dad is actually probably trying to make sure you guys get all the stuff you want. And then he went to the internet afterwards. So I wanted to fake spin this as a, a bunch of adults bully a kid into accepting crappy food. The, the comments though, from the various people, I thought it was interesting because if you go read between the lines, it's, it's a lot of core parenting philosophies. So first person said, next time have her bring a calculator and start calculating how much we can get like like basically have her start shopping and then the next person says do a blind taste test and then when she when you think she's like able to guess just have her do a blind taste test of two of the exact same thing just to, to show her that you know she's not really that smart and then the other one said, I just made my kids buy it. I gave them five bucks. And it's kind of like those core personalities. Like one person is kind of the thinker, you know, the mathematician. Show them how show them how the the magic happens with all the math and the accounting. And then the next person, you know, is the the controller that says, no, just tell them to piss off because I'm dad. And then the next person is the entertainer that says, OK, well, put a blindfold on them and have them taste it. It was it was just the different personality and parenting types, I think, in action. But more specifically, I mean, this is, I don't know if this is considered a sexy answer since you're all about sexy answers, Tom. Um, I do want to confirm I'm not just making this up. Yeah, a group of commenters stepped in to help the exasperated father teach his daughter how to make sound economic decisions. So what what this is telling me is that everyone is kind of getting hit a little bit right now because, you know, there has been a lot of inflation recently and... We um uh, one thing that I I particularly love about my wife is that she really is all about a good deal, and I mean it doesn't matter. She is the kind of person that will say, you know, I'm not going to spend two dollars on a shirt that my daughter won't wear. You know, like it's on clearance and she has a discount and she has like rewards points and she's like, no, I'm not going to. You know, a lot of people would sit there and say, ah, it's two bucks. You know, if you wear the shirt once, it's worth it. And she's like, no, I'm returning. She's like, I'm returning that shit and, you know, getting my money back kind of thing. Um, so even before all this inflation, you know, we were still trying to, to to stretch a lot. And I mean, man, the the same groceries we'd go for we'd go for groceries for a week and spend like 70 bucks if we were, you know, being all smart about it. Literally same items, 140, 150 now. Yeah. And I, I don't I honestly I don't know how people are doing it with some of this stuff right i mean and and that's just that's what worries me is maybe in a way secretly some people aren't you know no one will publicly admit it but there's some version of debt stacking up and you know hey at least you know you'll pay off that credit card you know five more years from now kind of thing and that just sucks to have your daughter some if if you are struggling it's like whatever what they used to call it like poor shaming is that what they used to call it back when we were younger yep something like that i mean that's awful and and the fact that a bunch of people are trying to constructively step in shows that it is a real thing and and ironically there might be a little bit of extra you know humanistic connection going on here through the bad times so depressing article again good job tom <laughs> hey, listen 
there are people coming together <laughs> to help this young man, this 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 dad, this stalwart father figure. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is what we want to be here for. <laughs> yeah, this is what we want to be here for. We want to help guys like this. Like, I wish I knew who this guy was. I would just like send him a grocery card just because this was such a good read. I, I would send him a twenty five or fifty dollar grocery card. I wonder if I can find out who this is. That's what we should do. Oh my god, that's it. So now that we're up to seven listeners, I want three seven of you. Seven and a half. Seven. Half. I want three and a half of you to email us at godadgo. Just kidding. It's two dads talking at tom.com. And just give the name and address of a fellow dad. And we'll just send them a letter that says, you don't know us, but we love you. And you're doing great. That way, if you really don't like them, they're going to stay up all night for the next three days with their shotgun in hand, thinking someone's <laughs> going to like come up to the house and say hi. Oh, goodness. And we'll feel good about ourselves because we gave like a old snail mail hug to a fellow dad. And he'll probably lose a marble. And, and, and put him in a paranoid <laughs> schizophrenic state. Right. Start sending as, him bumper stickers with GoDad Go on them and be like, who the fuck is stalking me? <laughs> as, as a dad who for about one week in his life had to stay home with a shotgun next to the door and unmarked police car sitting outside his house waiting for someone to show up. I'm going to say, let's not do that. Cause it's I not remember you telling me that. <laughs> yeah, That was good. I had to move my wife out of my house for like a week. Not a good feeling. Yeah. And the worst part about it is, is she's mad at you. Oh, no, she got it. She was just worried about it. She, she I mean, no, she understands, it. but there's still a part of her that's just like, why do you get to stay? Because I'll get shot, honey. I mean, for me, it wasn't bad. I literally spent no. five, five days-ish, like with a 45 tucked into my waistband, a shotgun next to me, and an Xbox controller in my hand. Like, that's what I did for five days. With two unmarked cars sitting outside my house, just waiting and watching. Like, it was fun. I got paid. It was good. So that's how you get video game time. That's how I got video game time. Yep. It's you swat you swat yourself. You criminal <laughs> swat yourself. Yeah, just just arrest a, ma- a maniac <laughs> with firearms. And uh, yeah, that's all. That's all. Good stuff. That's all the planned content we have for today. Now the real fun begins. Tom, I'm gonna level an accusation against you. Go for it. Have you watched Zoolander like you said you would? I have not yet watched Zoolander. If I'd have thought of it, son that of, would have been a perfect bitch. thing to do today. That's terrible. I still haven't watched Tombstone, but I did watch Roadhouse, and I and I fessed up to that last time or two have times you, ago. Have you two seen times? The League, the TV show The League? No. That's one that you need to watch. Not when your kid or your wife are anywhere near you. But is that the one? Is that the fake one with the fantasy football league or something with the the group of guys? Or yes, it's a group of okay. of really good friends who are terrible people with their fantasy football league and it is everything that you will ever want a fantasy football league to be it's it's brilliant it's yeah. on it's on hulu right now and it is just i'm re-watching it for probably the seventh or eighth time oh really i i've it's, heard people say that i that i in particular would like that too yeah i think it's right up your alley it's um uh I just, just don't watch, watch the things. first episode it, it, it'll take oh, you 20 God. minutes and you'll know right away if it's for you or not by the end of episode <laughs> one you're gonna be like i am watching every minute of this or it's not for me you'll know right away okay good uh darn it that's the danger though so it's like the first episode's a gateway drug is what you're saying if the i like episode, it i'm just gonna go straight into everything else the first episode is a gateway drug but i mean how often is a pilot as good as every other episode in the first season of a show well often if that's if that is true that that's hard to resist that's a good point it's amazing yeah like they start losing it around like season four or five maybe but the first season the second season they're just 
pure gold and the third <laughs> season is still good it's fantastic you've well, got two lawyers literally debating a man's fate like determining it over draft picks for their fantasy football league <laughs> a prosecutor and a defense attorney in a closed room it's it's so good it's that's so funny good. Oh, that, that's that's pretty good because like my baseline level, um, one of the fantasy drafts I did probably a decade ago now, um, the same local bar we always went to, um, and of course the guy who said it was the bartender's brother, but he goes, "Hey guys, you know what I want to do? This is for for those of you that recognize these names that'll that'll date you a little bit, and it'll also date you based on the joke involved." But he goes, "I want to draft Doug Martin and Tavon Austin, and then I'll name my team." Tavon Martin. And he said that we're all like, dude, what it is wrong with you. Yeah, still too soon. <laughs> still was, too soon. That was, that was my friends. My my favorite league is one that my wife doesn't uh, know about. And then since she's probably not going to listen to this podcast, I feel safe talking about it. We, oh, have, a, we have a tattoo really? league. Yeah, we have a tattoo league. Last place gets a tattoo. Everyone else chips in. Uh, it's it's ten bucks a person, so it's a cheap one. Last place gets <laughs> a tattoo. even worse. Yep. Um, everybody votes on the tattoo at the end of the season. Um, and <sighs> depending on where you place, you get more votes. So that's right. that gets skewed. That's your scale like weighted system. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And then also, um, you get call outs if you finish first, second, or third. So mm-hmm. the the rule is you have to get oh, the tattoo no. and you can't alter it for two years. After two years, you can remove it. You can change it. You can do whatever. But for two years, you, you can mm-hmm. get the tattoo. You can put it anywhere you want. So you can put it somewhere no one's going to see if you want to. But, but it's there. But it's there. And first, second, and third all get call-outs. So the way it works is <sighs> they can make you show it at any point in time. First place gets five of them. Second place gets three of them. Third place gets one of them. So- yes, hi. I'd like to sign up for food stamps and live in my basement for two years. <laughs> We, we had one guy call somebody out during their engagement dinner. He literally called them on the phone and said, hey, man, what's going on? He goes, I'm at my engagement dinner. He goes, oh, great. Stand up okay. and show the tattoo on your ass cheek. And he had to. Like, that was the rule. So there is video footage of him at his engagement dinner. I was going to say, he planted up. a spy there to make sure it happened, too. Yep, yep. He was he, texting him, like, I'm about to call him and make him show it. Yep. He's just pulling it down over his butt cheek, mooning his, his future in-laws and so that's uh, my favorite league with my favorite punishment. Um, and I, I have dodged terrible. that last place bullet every year. How good is tattoo removal now? Is it like, does it look like you just had a bad injury, you know, 10 years know. ago kind of thing? We haven't had idea. anybody remove one yet. We had one guy modify one and have something done over it to change it up and, and hide his ex-wife's name because we made him get his Ooh. ex-wife tattooed on him. <laughs> that's fucked up, man. You're yeah. a sick, you're a sick person. Why well, every, am I talking to you right now? Everybody gets a person that can veto, right? So there's a safety right. rule in place. Everyone gets right. someone who can say, no, he's not doing that. For me, it's my wife. If I ever take last place, they're going to put this thing to a vote. They're going to figure it out. And then they have, we have to run it by my wife. And she can say yes or no. And if that's, it's too much, then she can say no. So we have a veto fair. system. Okay, that's that's not, that's that's actually yeah. pretty. Yeah, we're, we're oh, pretty. See? We're pretty decent about it, all things told. But but the well, now is, you're a good person again. Obviously, yeah, yeah, I'm just a little <laughs> twisted. But this poor this poor guy, um, he got divorced like during the draft. Like literally oh. signed the papers and then went drinking and then drafted that night. Like it was that was oh. when he got divorced. And um, about halfway through the season, he was dating this new girl. Pretty he started dating her before the divorce was final, and she was pretty crazy. Of course, he, he made her his veto power, and we all <laughs> liked her. She was a lot of fun. She was she was really cool. Um, so when he took dead last, we were like, oh, we want you to get your ex-wife's face tattooed on you with her name. Like, that's what we want. And, uh, and we brought it to her thinking she was going to reject it. And we're all going to be funny. She was like, hell yeah, put that shit on his cheek. 
she was all about making his life hell. And so he had to get it. And, Are they still together? Uh, no, they're not together anymore. No, they, oh, they broke gee, up like a year a, later. What a shock. Yeah. He Probably because it. halfway through, she was like, God damn it, I have to look at this yeah, bee's face every day. That was the first year we did it. And literally two years oh, to the day, he went and had it done. And now it looks like a Valkyrie. And on the bottom under its name, it has his daughter's name. So it's badass okay. now. Like he turned it into something really cool. Well, but I don't know lucky. what that cost him. But for two years, he had Man. his ex-wife tattooed on him. He had it on his thigh. That's so awful. Like, so my only experience with tattoos was some one of our old neighbors at, at in Michigan. He just showed me his tattoo from when he was, I think, I want to say he was a Marine, maybe. And he had like the, it, it's a, it was a sick tattoo. It was like the eagle gripping, you know, it wasn't exactly the seal, you know, but it gripping the arrows and, you know, other stuff. And it was just like big all on his shoulder. And it was just perfect, pristine blue <laughs> because that's how it was back then. He goes, yeah. Let me show you this dog. And he's like, you know, this five foot two guy. And he pulls up the, his arm and goes, if you ever get a tattoo, make sure it looks good in blue. And my mom's sitting over there at the table, like dying inside because she doesn't want me to get any tattoos at that point. Can't believe she's sitting in this guy's house, letting him talk to it, her little boy. Speaking of mom dying inside on my mom's birthday next month, I'm making my stand-up debut at the comics roadhouse at Mohegan Sun. Right, right. We're going to plug that again. Dog. You all should go. Remember, I'm not going because my son should be born by then. Yeah. But, right. but the rest of you should go. Yeah, send if you live the, anywhere near Connecticut, by all means. Yeah. When, you send that post, when we send that postcard to your buddy who's going to be sitting overnight for three nights now, we'll just be like, <laughs> come here on this date. No cops. <laughs> no cops. No cops. <laughs> we know who you are. My day job as an appraiser, I know how to navigate public records and everything else. So for for zero or minimal fees, I can find out a lot about your property. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm, I can't find out much about your property, but I can call friends who are willing to illegally look in police data files and systems and get me information about you. So I can do that if you got someone. You know, it depends on the state, though, too. I mean, I was gonna say you have the police side of it, which probably is a little bit more personal. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's person specific. Stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to find out much about your property. But yeah, I can do it's it's, public record. It's funny, man. If you if you start figuring out just you know business licensing plus property licensing websites, you can gather a lot of info if you really want to. I believe it. It's it's nuts. We should have other people pick our topics. Uh, I, I was actually thinking about that. Someone's going to suggest <laughs> once we get a couple of listeners who are willing to chime in, we should have them pick our topics and do topic focused. I think yeah, good. no, I think that'd be a lot better. It'd be more off the cuff too. No one have to stare at your dolphin's head all the time. Don't hurt your neck staring up at it in the rankings all year long. You know, oh. It's all right. You guys are going to be okay. You're going to make the playoffs sometime soon. You know what? As a Browns fan, the fact that the Browns made the playoffs and then beat the Steelers at Heinz Field, I mean, it would be nice to make it to a Super Bowl. But I'm I'm kind of set. <laughs> I I can almost from a Browns fan perspective, I can almost die happy now. I think they're gonna make the really? playoffs this year. I think you guys are a playoff team this year. You think so? Yeah. I think Elijah yeah. Moore puts you over the, the playoff line home. And also the he, fact that he could be pretty good. Be very good. I think Baltimore's probably a better team than you, but they're so injury dependent. Their best three offensive players are all injury question marks. Their quarterback, you know, you get Lamar you Jackson, know- Odell Beckham Jr. And then um, J.K. Dobbins, they're all injury questions. And if they get hurt, what are they going to do? Well, so, okay, interesting you said that because 
you you just gave the sports analyst thing. Oh, they've got J.K. Dobbins who averaged whatever yards per carry. Ohio State guy, by the way. I'm still have to shout that out because I do have still an affinity for Ohio State going up here. J.K. Dobbins, if he yeah. stays healthy, I think he's a top ten. Dude, he was uh, he was legit amazing at Ohio State. He had he had the the actual video game juke move when he yeah. sidestepped. He jumped like six yards to to yeah. to either side. It's like that L one button. In oh my god, it was it was ridiculous. He uh, real life. It was amazing. He made people look bad. But if I'm the Ra- if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm secretly not or I'm already not happy because, OK, yeah, you've got, you know, Harbaugh and, and Lamar Jackson and all these great players. But one thing you've had for the last how many years, 12 years or something, 15 years is you've had Justin Tucker kicking can be wildly variable was it was it Novak for the Chargers was previously the he had like an 88 percent or 92 percent career field goal percentage I want to say his last name was Novak I could be 100 percent wrong though but he was considered the the best kicker of all time before Justin Tucker and his overall average was 92 percent and Justin Tucker is like you know 96 or something and he only ever misses he's missed like two field goals in his entire career under 50 yards or something other than blocked so when you're the Ravens the for those of you who are bigger college fans out here, you'll probably actually remember when Ohio State had Mike Nugent, and it was just with Ohio State, it was like, oh, they crossed the fifty, so they're going to get at least three points. I mean, it, it was pretty much that. Like the guy was automatic from fifty or less. So the moment you cross the fifty yard line, it was like, well, you're in field goal range now. The Ravens have that with Tucker, and legit have that with Tucker because the dude is hitting 60 yard field goals to win games multiple times over the years, 60, 61 yards. You lose that. Like when, when Tucker finally retires or decides to, you know, go full-time in opera, you lose six points a game potentially from, from just your regular drives. And you only have 10, 12 drives in an NFL game. So when your team is averaging 23 or 24 points a game and you lose just that guy, I mean, maybe you still have a good kicker, but now your your average points per game goes down three. They've shown that that's like star players move the needle an average of four or five points a game. Like star quarterbacks move the needle five or six points a game. So when you go down three points a game, it's like you suddenly lost three more games per year. Now you're not 10 and seven. When this goes to editing, so, um, make sure you change that what he said to something about Tom Brady moves the bar like seven or eight points a game. Make sure you get Doug saying man. something about Tom Brady nicely. Yeah, make sure you. If, He's a huge Tom Brady fan. Make sure be you like that. It'll be like a Godzilla thing. I'll be like, wow, that was weird. It looked like he said Justin Tucker, but apparently he said Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, uh, when Tom Brady retires, <laughs> man, that is a whole other topic. Okay. Everyone listening, I'm going to do this right now. You've just, you've activated me. I'm done like a fucking sleeper cell. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Is a great quarterback. Is the GOAT. He is not the GOAT. Not even close. And there's, there's a zillion reasons. See, here's, here's why Tom thinks he's the GOAT because Tom is a Dolphins fan. And when you get continually proctologized over a chair by a single player, it makes you feel better when you think he's the best of all time because that 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 softens the blow, pun intended. But between Deflategate and Spygate and Matt Castle going eleven and four with Belichick and all the other star players that Tom Brady has had throughout the years, hey, here's why: Charlie Weiss, 
he's like everyone you I, I have the deflate gate stuff is its own little thing about fumble rates with players before and after the Patriots and all that stuff. But this was 2005, and I know because I was an incoming freshman, Notre Dame was debating between Charlie Weiss and Urban Meyer for their head coach position, which at one point it looked like, wow, we really should have picked Urban Meyer. Now it looks like, God, they were both bad choices. You were damned if you did, damned if you did. <laughs> right. But the reason they picked Charlie Weiss was because of all the success with the Patriots. The man has four Super Bowl rings. He's the greatest halftime adjuster maybe of all time is what people said because he's the offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. He's worked with Tom Brady. They're just, they're just, they're amazing in the second half. And then it comes out later, oh, they're accused of spying on other teams by Eric Mangini, who was with the Jets at the time and then with the Browns, of course. So I'm, I'm close to this. This is why it's so personal for me. And then Goodell burns the tapes, which is it's it's the the CIA FBI version of no comment. Like I can or can I cannot confirm if we were involved with that. It's like saying you were involved because if there was nothing on those tapes, you show them. You make anyone who accused who accused it look like an idiot. Yep. But burning the tapes meant there was something incriminating on them. And my controversial opinion about that is because people love to hate on Goodell. That was a really good decision by Goodell. If you're in his position, burning the tapes was the best decision you can make because if any of that gets out, you've got people talking about forfeiting Super Bowls, forfeiting Super Bowl MVPs, fining people, firing people, you know, banning people from the league, all that stuff. So burning the tapes is actually a good decision, but it tells you that there was actually something incriminating on there. But sure, Tom Brady's the greatest because his offensive coordinator who won him four of his like what eight or nine Super Bowls now was obviously a huge hack. And you can see it because he came to Notre Dame and he took Ty Willingham's players and he did really great in one year and he got himself a 10 year extension. And by the time his players and his program came into the fold three years later, Jimmy Clausen, you're one in nine and you're God fucking awful and you get fired. Then Kentucky poor souls that they are comes along and says you know what you might still be pretty good we'll hire you and so they hire him he fucking sucks for them for whatever it was two or three years he gets fired from them too he's out as a coach he's not coaching anywhere in football and that following year he is the fifth highest paid coach in the ncaa because he still had his last year of the Notre Dame contract and a couple more years of the Kentucky contract. They had the list on TV. It was like Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, you know, Les Miles or something. (laughs) And then Charlie Weiss. And it was just like, he's not even working. And that's supposedly the guy who was helping Tom Brady achieve greatness. Get out of here. Tom Brady sucks. He's Tom Brady is a top 10 quarterback of all time, but he's nowhere near the goat. You put like someone like Marino ahead of him. No, I, I wish I could put Marino ahead of him. You should. No, Brady is not the GOAT because he uh, he beat up on the Dolphins. Actually, the Dolphins, I believe, had the best record against him out of every NFL franchise in the NFL for most of his career. I'm pretty sure the Dolphins beat him more than anybody else. Um, I know that was the case his last few seasons. That's probably true. I mean, when you get to play a guy twice a year, you get more chances to beat him, though, too. Is it best record or is it most wins? Uh, I think it was best record. Okay, interesting. Well, because you was guys, they had, they had a defense that just got to him. Like you had Jason Taylor. Yeah, he was always getting on the edge. And you had Zach well, Thomas, and, who was one of the best quarterbacks by middle linebackers. I'm pretty sure the the ever. Wildcat debut 
was the Dolphins against the Patriots. That was the like right. when was everyone Ricky was like, Williams "Holy crap, we need to do that." Yeah, down, maybe. Yeah. Oh my god, that was that was that was really neat to see, and everyone was, was like, "What the hell's going on?" Here? Yep. Uh, now, the, yeah. The reason I think Brady's cool. the goat doesn't have anything to do even with his championships. It doesn't have to do with with uh, with him beating the Dolphins. It's the fact that he did something that no one else has been able to do, and that's play quarterback at a high level until he was forty four years old. Like no one yeah. has ever done that. And he he brought his team to the playoffs every year, despite Charlie Weiss sucking. Because Charlie Weiss is he was not a good coach. You know he did it despite Charlie Weiss. Is, is other, my point. Other legends like Brett Favre and Peyton Manning, the moment they sniff forty, like they get hit regularly in the backfield, and they're like, "Oh, I'm dead. I can't yeah. play anymore." Yeah. But magically, Tom Brady can still play, and he's never used team trainers and never used team diets, so. What's he doing? And yeah, because sure. he's under less supervision. That That's an argument. I mean, yep, I'm, I, I'm, willing, that. I'm willing to have this talk because Peyton Manning had recovered awfully well and fast from his neck injury. Mm-hmm. And then someone was like, you know, um, big foreheads are a side effect of like this steroid. And well, I'm that, like, well, okay, you know, steroids since high school, though. I mean, come on. In, in honor of my daughter, I have to be a scientist and I have to examine <laughs> all possibilities. So if if taking down Tom Brady means maybe taking down Peyton Manning, too. It's fine. I mean, you know, collateral damage, it happens. <laughs> I, I feel I feel as though if, if he was using them for that long, he'd have gotten caught at some point. Um, I feel like that too. But well, I mean, but then the other thing too, I mean, there is a lot of that stuff coming out about health and weight and, and all that stuff where the same people, like one person needs to only do six hours of a workout and the other person needs to do eight hours to get the same result. So, I mean, it could it could be that Tom Brady just lucked into a perfect training regimen, a perfect trainer, a perfect diet. Well, other guys did what he was doing, you know, the TB12 method. They've had this, but, they've had well, very similar they, results. Their injury rates have dropped. They yeah. Have and, and it wouldn't work necessarily as well for them either. I mean, it, it could just be that he could be lightning in a bottle, but most of science says if you have an outlier, what the fuck's that outlier doing? You usually don't include that in the data set when you're trying to draw actual like scientific conclusions because they're outliers. And, my 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 take is that he's an outlier because of something unsavory. Well, and that's I mean, I won't go all the way to saying he like signed a contract with the devil because that's just rude. No, you know, I think that's it, more likely. And, and that's that's un, that's unfounded. <laughs> but he's been. There was a tweet I saw that though. There was a tweet I saw when it was it was showing some play where he fumbled the ball and it like took a weird bounce right back into his arms and the guy was like, "Okay, Satan obviously is on this guy's side now because there's no way this this doesn't happen to any other player." It can't be God, right? It's got to be Satan. Like, it can't be God right. putting this in. It's got to be Satan. No, God doesn't do that shit. God gives you triple tribulation, trial and tribulation to make you grow as a person. God doesn't. God you don't gives think you Charlie blessing. Weiss is an offensive coordinator for all that time is a trial and tribulation. Come on. The guy was as bad as he is as non-air personality. Right no, now. that was, that was, that was Satan giving everybody theirs. Everyone got their Super Bowls and then nobody got in trouble for it. The, the only thing worse than Charlie Weiss <laughs> as a head coach for your college team is listening to him on his midday talk show on NFL radio. He you is know, so boring uh, and he never says a damn thing. And it's just, he, it's he said so one or two things that I actually thought like, I mean, and, and while I'm, apparently shitting on everybody because i'm obviously a professional nfl scout yeah, we're analyst, being very whatever. judgmental here for a couple of I, I was gonna say, i put a, i put on the special hat and suddenly lottie freaking dumb god's gift to football analysis it, charlie weiss probably has known slash forgotten more about football than i'll ever know 
I mean, I'm, of course, I'm, I'm a little bit arrogant. Like if I worked in and around football, 50, 60 hours a week, I feel like I could pick up a lot. Cause I, I mean, humble brag, I applied for a job at pro football focus way back in the day. And they, after I went through all the rounds of the, the film breakdown interview, they said, this is one of the highest scores we've ever gotten. Part of that was just because I'm sure I spent more time on it than anybody else because I wanted to get it right. But I, I do see football differently and than, than most people. And the stuff that even the regular former players or former assistant position coaches say, it's like mind boggling to me. They, you know, when Peyton Manning does his breakdowns of, you know, quarterbacks over the play and he says, Peyton Manning, he's not studying tape anymore. He's not doing this professionally anymore. He probably turns on two hours of tape of a guy and looks at, 50 plays or less of a guy before he goes on to talk about him. And he goes, Oh yeah. Every time his left heel like double taps before the snap, it's a play action. And it's just, the guy sees things that just, I, I it, you know, wouldn't even think to even look there much less notice it. So yeah, someone like Charlie Weiss, even who I can say like, he's kind of like overall boring and not doesn't really give as much engagement as some of the other guys, the dude's forgotten more about, offensive schemes and i'll even know ever in my life so but but he was not a good but still screw you thanks for driving my teams into the ground (laughs) yeah no he comes on the radio and i change the channel (laughs) these days because i'm just sick of him saying yep fast receivers are better than slow receivers uh you know strong defensive linemen thanks raiders strong strong (laughs) defensive linemen are better than ones that get pushed around um you know what happens is is they work hard and when you work hard sometimes you get results like that's his input I think it's I think it's I think it's consumerism, though. I mean, because there's there's no reason Skip Bayless should have a job other than just generating hate like that. Dude, he's a a gaslighter. Yeah, he he just says some of the worst stuff. And it just it doesn't make sense. I think he says a lot of it on purpose because that's what gets the clicks. Yeah. Clickbait. Everything's clickbait. Yeah. But then again, it's kind of like the Kardashians. Everyone goes, oh, my God, I can't believe them. And I'm like, you know what? They figured out the game better than everybody else. Yep. You want to you want to talk about making money and getting fame and getting engagement? You need to be more like the Kardashians oh, <laughs> if, if you if you want that sort of thing because they figured it out. The rest of us are all just like pawns in their little world when it comes to social engagement. Yeah. Well, on that note, thanks for listening to Two Dads Talking stuff. Formerly Go Dad Go, and uh, now we'll Two Dads Talking football with two cups. I don't know. It's pretty good, though. We can hit a lot of stuff. We'll try to talk more football next week. I'll explain why Tom Brady's the GOAT next week. I will hit mute and (laughs) be banging my head against my basement. It's concrete, so it'll win. Don't worry. I'll have my new camera next week, so I'll be a little clearer on the high-powered computer. Perfect. Then I can hate you more more vividly. Avidly. (laughs) Avidly.